is up everybody and welcome back to episode 14 of the drop the mitts hockey podcast with myself and chris davis we're back here on the pod waves for you guys talking some preseason puck and news all around the nhl um chris what's up man how you been doing um long time no see yeah man you and i this is like the jordan flu game for us we both feel like just complete dog shit dude i don't know what it is i think Dude, I think everybody in New England, if they're in the same boat as us, I think everybody is sick right now. Yeah, because the whole office where I work, everybody's sick. My family, sick. My friends, sick. Everybody is just fighting yeah, off the dude. same bug right now. And I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Yeah, I oh for sure. I like between <laughs> Emma and I are like sick as dogs, dude, and it's like just feel like complete dog shit. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a messy bun weekend for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for <laughs> sure, dude. But uh, yeah, dude. Like you mentioned, um, we got a lot, lot to get to. Um, obviously, with preseason starting up, um, there's been already a lot of highlights. Um, you know, especially within the Bruins game with Brandon Bussey. Um, you know, Logan Cooley had a highlight real goal. Um, Nasty. So, yeah, we'll get into all that. But um, I think first we should probably, you know. Talk about Chris Snow, um, assistant GM of the um, Calgary Flames. Really sad story, man. He uh, obviously he suffered a um, a catastrophic brain injury, and um, from what I'm reading, he went into cardiac arrest on Tuesday. Um, he was diagnosed with ALS in 2019. So, I mean, and he's been just fighting this entire time, dude. Like, hasn't stopped working. Like still just an unbelievable ambassador to the game. Um, and they don't think he's going to make it like his brain isn't responsive um, per his wife. So we just offer our condolences and, and, you know, offer our prayers to the, uh, to the snow family, um, his wife, Kelsey, their children, um, and the Calgary flames organization. Um, just an incredibly sad story. Um, yeah. I mean, when you think about Chris snow too, I mean, Talk about a guy who just gave it his all. You know what I mean? To to not only his life, but his for his family, for his friends, for honestly, for just people in general. Just to kind of look at him as a beacon of inspiration and hope. Um, I mean, he 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 fought right up until the very end. Um, ALS is a terrible, terrible disease. Um, that obviously, you know. A lot of people became aware of it uh, during the ice bucket challenge. That I think that's what really brought, you know, um, attention to the disease right up to the forefront with that. And I, a lot of people didn't realize how many people it affects. And yeah. and because Chris Snow and his family, they were so, I, I want to say they were so open about it. And what what the everyday struggle <laughs> is like for people who are dealing with loved ones who have that disease and the people themselves who have that disease, they opened up to the world to really show um, <clears throat> how it can affect people um, and what it really is like firsthand. And um, just to see him every day, you know, continue to work, continue to grind, never give up. Um, he, you know, they would always post videos of him swimming or, you know, doing things outside, walking or, or well, like, you know, working, you know, working out, doing all these things that, um, just serve as an inspiration to people. Um, so he's, he's forever a legend. I hope the Calgary flames organization does something, um, in memory of him, obviously not like a Jersey retirement or maybe, maybe just hang up a banner 
in in the saddle dome in their new rink wherever they end up going with his name and you know just just something like that to honor him forever because he deserves it yeah i think like what you know what you just said um i think of i i remember what the patriots did when robert Kraft lost his wife yeah. um even just the stickers on the helmets you know yeah. the like just something like that i mean i he's more than deserving of recognition i mean like you said man he fought up until the end like he, his love for the game of hockey wasn't going to tear it like he wasn't going to stop and i think right. that's so inspiring um and like i said just incredibly sad als is fucking brutal dude it's awful just a terrible fucking disease um rear admiral um actually shared a a gofundme that's going around as well um and i'm gonna share that in the episode link as well to help out kelsey snow um and help out that family um so if you guys can donate like i said that's that's awesome if not just sharing it is huge um the more people that see this kind of stuff the more likely people are you know willing to help and um so like i said it'll be shared on our um on the podcast you know when we drop it um the link will be there so just you know just sharing it and and getting that around would be would be amazing and huge there, there's so, such an amazing family like i said als is, is fucking brutal um so again just offer our condolences our prayers to that family to the calgary flames um and yeah so just just brutal um guess moving on some some other new you know other news within the flames organization um they named michael Backlund their captain which is i love to see this these kind of things where like this dude has been with the organization 15 years dude like dude and i had no idea i had to go when i went on uh elite prospects i, I like looked and i'm like holy shit dude 15 and 08 does not feel like 15 years like no it doesn't but when you told me when you said he was with the organization for 15 years i also had to look it up because i was like whole like there's no way like i feel like like you said 2008 that goes by so quickly it doesn't feel like that's 15 years ago but just for an individual to spend and we know because we were talking about it beforehand as well but i mean patrice bergeron spent 19 seasons in boston yeah that's insane but I mean, that's to the extreme though. 15 years with the same organization for your entire career is, is, I mean, kudos to him, dude. Yeah. Being in Calgary too. Can't yeah. be easy. Well, you know, and I, I actually, I really like this move for Calgary. I think they're on the brink of a rebuild. Um, yeah. Obviously we've seen some big names leaving that team. Matthew Kachuk, who obviously was a pest to the Bruins. Um, yeah. You know, they still got guys like Noah Hannafin, but I think this is a good bridge to what's coming next for this team. Um, I definitely think they're on the brink of a, of a rebuild. Now, let me ask you a question because I feel like they're such a wild card, right? Like they could still yeah. be decent this year. Like I don't think anybody really expects Huberto to put up I'm pretty sure last year he put up sub 50 points. Yeah. It was really disappointing, dude. I think, yeah. I think after the season that he had with Florida and then kind of that huge trade, Right now, people are definitely viewing that trade as a huge L for Calgary. Um, yeah, but do you do you think like because in my mind, there's no way he does that again. In in my mind, he's going to put up at least seventy. Um, like what they they got Markstrom, they got Vladar, uh, they got Majiapani. I mean, they're not a, on paper. They're not a terrible team. I think on paper they're a playoff team, but I guess it all kind of you know leans on Huberto to produce, but. Do you think they're a playoff team this year or no? I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't know. 
I have their roster up right now, and like I have a couple names. I mean, they like you said, they're not bad on paper, dude. Like they're not. I know some. There's some way. There are teams in way worse shape than the Calgary Flames, and I'm just looking at this roster, starting from the top: Backlund, Blake Coleman, Matt Coronado, Dylan Dubé, Huberto, Kadri, Elias uh, Lindholm, Mangiapane, Jacob Pelletier. Like again, I, and then you look on their defense. They got Hannafin, right. you know, Hannafin, Tanev, Uyghur. I, I think I I'm gonna say they're not a playoff team. Really, I'm gonna say no. And I guess I guess with the emergence of Seattle, it makes it a little bit tougher yes. on them. I think there are other teams, like I said, in better shape with better depth. Um. Like I said, those guys I just named, uh, I mean, are they stars on, on other teams? I don't think so. I mean, like, yeah. you look at the other playoff teams in the West, like, I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to match up. I mean, I think they would need Markstrom to absolutely fucking bail them out and stand on his head all year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, I think we kind of said this during our preview um, going through the, the uh, divisions. I, this yeah. is just not a strong division. Yeah. I mean, I think they might be like one of those teams that's if they make it, they'll be a wild card. And if they don't make it, they'll be right on the outside. Yeah, I don't know. And like like again, they have like the pieces I named, like those they're good players. Like I have high hopes for uh for Matt Coronado. Like we got to watch him at Harvard. Um yeah. he's fucking sick. Like obviously Dylan Dubé, Huberdo, like they have the talent. It's just a matter of putting putting it all together. Right, um, right. And I just, I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. But again, going back to the, to the backland move, I, I like this move for them. I mean, I think out of that entire list that we just named, he probably was the most fitting. Yeah. Um, you know, being with the team for this long, like just shows loyalty. Um, and you mentioned it, dude, it's Calgary. So like, I, I can't imagine what, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to shit on. I've never been, but like you know, from what you hear, it's not not always great things. Just doesn't seem like the most fun place to be. No, <laughs> you know, we'd have to talk to uh, Bobby about about Calgary. I don't know how I don't know how much he knows about it, but I yeah, I heard Calgary is kind of like the uh, like the like like the Texas of Canada, which confuses oh. me because I don't. How does that it, work? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. you do. Do see them like wearing cowboy hats? I mean, their rink yeah. is the saddle dome. Like maybe it's like ranch country. You know what I mean? Like maybe farmland and and like uh just kind of like rural areas. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Like, yeah. I don't know. And and again, like you just don't see big time free agents like wanting to go there. Like I, I don't know. Like and and honestly, we've seen a bunch of very high profile players getting out of Canada. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think they're definitely going to have to build through the draft. Um, we'll see how this trade, you know, that we just mentioned with Kachuk, Huberto, like we'll see how it pans out. I mean, I think right now this it's an L for Calgary right now, just yeah. based on this past, you know, playoff run for uh, for the Panthers and Kachuk. Like I'm looking back on it now. I don't make that trade today. No, um, no you no. know, if, we, if we're looking back on. Yeah, you got Uyghur, you got who I just guys like Kachuk, dude, like they're game changers. Like yeah. and, and I'm really hoping that Huberto turns it around. And I mean it's, he's yeah. 
it's kind of hard for me to choose a winner or not. On right now, it's I think it's too early, Florida. Yeah, because it, you got to see what Huberdo does this year. If Huberdo puts up another stinker and he puts up say less than seventy, I'll side with Florida all day. Yeah, because I think when they traded for Huberdo, they were kind of expecting him to pop off for at least eighty to eighty-five points. Now that makes you wonder how much of how much was Huberdo benefiting from Barkov's play. You yeah, know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's carrying whatever line he's on now. I, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing with, uh, with Kadri, but yeah, you get a guy like Alex Barkov centering you, like You're not having well. to, not having to play a ton of defense. I mean, he's a selkie candidate every year, you know? And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it is. You know, I like, again, it's, it is too early, but from just the past, this playoff run that the Panthers went on, it's like, they're the winners right now. I mean, Kachuk had an unbelievable season. He's a pain in the ass to play against, and we'll see how it all pans out. Um, yeah. But so moving on, dude, some other news today that broke. Andre Vasilevsky is going to be out for two months. He had successful yep. back surgery today. Um, well, I'm not sure if the surgery was today or when it was, um, but they're anticipating that he's going to be out for two months. Um, how significant is this for the Lightning, dude? Like. Dude, like you think about bad. how crazy it is. Like you never were, when you have franchise goaltenders. I feel like it's such a blow when you lose like like this. Now you're like, oh shit! Like we've had you know Vasilevsky bailing us out for all these years. Like obviously they've been extremely talented at forward defense, but like he's been the backbone of that team. Like oh, uh, yeah. like Vesna candidate like year in year out. Like he's fucking sick, and I think these. For two months, dude, that's a long time. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, you just said he was the backbone of that team. He just got back surgery. That's what happens yeah. when they when they overuse you <laughs> so much. Like, dude, I, I'm pretty sure he starts about 60 to 65 games a season at least for Tampa. I mean, they got Jonas Johansson right now as as their starter. I don't know, dude. Meh. I, yeah, meh. Talk about <laughs> meh. But I that is for Tampa Bay, that is awful news. That is awful. Yeah. It's obviously good that it was successful and, and they have a timetable on his return. But, I mean, two months is no joke. That's going to take you right up to about, what, Thanksgiving? Maybe a little bit before? That's yeah. a That's a significant amount of games. And if they're not able to, you know, I don't want to say ward off the storm because it is one only one guy. There's still star started in Kucherov, Point, Stammer. Hadman, Sergachev. I mean, you could Sorelli, you can go down the list. Yeah. They're still star studded, but I mean, that is a generational talent and goal that is a part of that team, a crucial part of that team that you're now gonna be without for at least 15, maybe 20 games. It depends. I don't know what their schedule looks like, but I mean, it's a good chunk of the season. Um, so I mean, teams in the Atlantic division are gonna hope to kind of take advantage of that and whenever they play Tampa in, in the beginning stages of the season, those are games that you're going to want to win for sure. Yeah. And you, you know, we mentioned how loaded this, you know, the Eastern conference is mm -hmm. two months, dude, of like th their season could be over before he even comes back. Yeah. Like who knows, who knows what happens dude? if they completely shit the bed. Now my, my question is if that's the case, they, they completely shit the bed. Vasilevsky's still on the, you know, still, still out. 
do you start making moves if you're completely out of contention at that point and you don't, and you don't think that him coming back is going to make a big enough difference to make up for the lost time? Do you start moving pieces like Steven Stamkos, you know, these guys that have been kind of on the block that, you know, they've discussed possibly moving. Do you, uh, do you start making moves? No, I don't think so, dude, because you gotta, you gotta think too. look at, I mean, look at their lineup. I don't think even with the Vasilevsky injury, I don't think that they'll be out of contention at all. I mean, we'll we'll see how much he really means to that team and that um, you know, group of guys as the season starts. I don't think they're going to be terrible. They got so much offensive firepower, so much experience in the back end. Um, and I mean, yeah, Johansson isn't like a elite goalie by any means. He's probably barely a starter, but yeah. I mean, still an NHL caliber goalie. Um, I think Tampa's too good just just depth wise as an organization. Um, you know, the way that they've been playing for almost a decade now, decade plus, their culture as a team, I think they're fine. Now, yeah. are they going to slip a little bit? Definitely slip a little bit, but I don't, I don't think they'll be anywhere, you know, in the in the danger zone, I guess. Yeah, I guess you you got to think like I don't know. I I think the the Steven Stamkos trade talks are wild to me, dude. Like I was okay. I I don't mean to cut. I was gonna say no. You're good. I was gonna say that the fact that he hasn't even been approached by Steve Eiserman or the front office of Tampa. I mean, he's only what thirty two, right? He's only thirty two years old. Thirty three, thirty two. Yeah, thirty three or thirty two. That's not far outside of your prime. He put up, I think, 84 points last season. Um, and you're not even – this is your captain. This is the guy who's been with your organization for his entire career. He helped build Tampa Bay into a two-time Stanley Cup champion team, uh, um, a, a decade-long team that has made playoffs, that's a threat in the Atlantic, a threat in the East to make the Cup Finals every year. He's an integral part of the culture there in the organization. and. I feel like it's just so disrespectful to the player from the organization to not even like start a conversation about it. It makes you wonder because, you know, especially with us, um, I guess it's just different management style. You you know, Julian Breezebois is the uh, GM there. And you, you kind of put like the Bruins with their, them being our team, like put like Patrice Bergeron. Do you think, I couldn't imagine a scenario where there was ever this kind of issue. Like, right. like I don't think he they would do anything without consulting him. It's just it's it is bizarre. He probably makes the decisions. He probably tells Don and Cam right. what to do. <laughs> like, but like again, like I, I think it's just weird. And yeah, I would feel some type of way too if you're finding the stuff out. Like, like again, you've you've given I- so much. What? Am I dumb? Did I say Stevie Y was the GM of Tampa? I think you did, but I think I did. That's I not what you, I meant. I knew what you meant. Yeah, I was yeah. like, because yeah, he. I think he left there in eighteen. Yes, yes, that's yeah. on me. But good call. Yeah. Um. So yeah, again, it's just it's it's so bizarre. Like I, I'd be, I would definitely feel some type of way too. Like all of a sudden, yeah. so so you you're looking at it from this, like oh, if we start shit in the bed, like am I the first one that's getting shipped off? Like who knows, dude? I. I kind of think about it. What what do you think a guy like Stammer is going to cost? 
Uh, depends on the term, too. I mean, he probably wants his next contract to take him up until he retires, right? So he's right. like, say, 32 years old, maybe six years. Um, stammer a fair number at that term at his age, but he's still producing. Maybe around uh, seven and a half, eight. Yeah, it just, dude, I, I always worry. I think we had this conversation um, a few weeks back. I'm mm-hmm. always weary of those six-year, like, those long-ass deals, dude. Like, yeah. especially with guys that are on the tail end of their careers. Like, more often than not, I feel like teams regret doing that because once they're at the tail end of that of their deals, you're still paying them that seven, six, seven, eight million and it's a it's a liability at that point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I David Backus, exactly, right. But because I, I, originally I was thinking, because I was thinking in the same mindset that you just you know explained, would you do say six and a half to seven? Would that be safer? Say instead of eight, six and a half to seven for six years. I don't know if I'm doing six years though. That's the thing. I think it's the term that is getting me because mm. because you know you know how much of a pain in the ass it was to get those contracts off the books especially for the Bruins like right. I just am weary of those contracts for someone that's 33 years old and well past their prime I think yeah I no, mean that, that's, that's Steven Stamkos Steven Stamkos in his prime like he's still putting up decent numbers but Steven Stamkos in, in his prime was a consistent 100 point score consistently and I just again I, I'm weary of those long contracts that take him up to so say six years. Yeah, you're he's gonna be 39 at that point. With the amount of injuries that he's had throughout his career, he hasn't been necessarily the picture of health, let's say. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at his hockey DB page right now. Um his highest point total came in 2021-2022, where he put up 106 points. He's there's there's a handful of seasons here where he has not, you know, he's missed a significant amount of games. 2012, 2013, he only played 48. 2013, 2014, he only played 37. Um, 2016, 2017, he played 17 games. Um, 2019, 2020, he played 57. Uh, 2020, 21, that was the COVID year, I believe. That was 38 games. But the past two seasons, he's been healthy. He's only missed one game the past two seasons. Put up 106, as I said, in 2021-2022. And then this previous previous season, he played 81 games and put up 84 points. So, I mean, pick your poison, man. I don't know. Like, it, it is a roll of the dice. It is a roll yeah. of the dice. The he- does the, the health concerns, does that does that worry you at all when, when doing a deal like this? Yes, for sure. Especially when the player is aging. Yeah, I mean, you, you're mentioning you mentioned he's already 33, 32 years old, and he's missed significant time due to injury. Like, I would be extremely hesitant to give a give a guy like him a six year plus contract. Like, I, I just would be really weary of that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, it, it, he's another one that I think you and I grew up watching and stuff. Where it would be so bizarre to see him in another, in like another uniform. Yes. It would be so weird, and I, I would hate it, to be honest. So, out of um, out of the 1,003 games that he's played in his career, he has missed 
227 due to injury. It's like that's that's a lot of games. A lot of games, dude. It's a lot of games. And and different things, too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I would be be extremely hesitant to do a deal like that. Um, Like, if we're talking like a three, like a two, three year deal at, at say, like seven, I would be okay with that. Absolutely, be okay with that. That takes him to takes him to thirty five, thirty six years old, and then you see where he is at that point. I, I think just just automatically giving him a six year deal, like say he fucking shits the bed this year, right. like say he has a huge drop off. Well, now he's on your books for five more years. Good luck moving that contract. I think you're thinking more in terms of the GM though, which is fair. I'm not like criticizing right. or anything, but. I think Stamkos, as the player, probably wants that security, right? Of knowing that he can take this deal, the last deal of his of his uh, professional career, and it can lead him to retirement, and then that's it. I think this is the last deal that he wants. I don't think he wants to go through it again. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, well, the reason why I'm looking at it from that perspective is because it seems like Stamkos wants to be a lightning. Yes. Uh, you know, he wants to be on the lightning forever his whole career the fact that these talks are even coming up clearly isn't a isn't an issue of him wanting to leave i feel like it's more of a management thing yes i you know? I'm, I'm with you on that i i yeah. don't think he would have said it to the media if he if he didn't want to stay if he wasn't you know? actually frustrated that you know we haven't heard anything my camp hasn't heard anything and right yeah if i'm in stamkos shoes i absolutely would want to stay in tampa i would want the six plus years i would want you know I would want that security, like you said, and absolutely, like who who wouldn't? Yeah, I think it's more so looking at it from Breezewa's perspective of, well, you know, where where are we in in terms of Steven Stamkos, right? Like, right. I, I think this year is going to be very telling, um, yeah. and I can understand why they want to see what what they have in him, you know, before again investing. It's going to be another big deal, dude. Watch, dude. He's gonna with Vasilevsky. Dude, he's gonna absolutely <laughs> carry that team on his back. Dude. Fifty goals, dude. You, and you then think, what? And then Breeze Boss. You have like, to pay. Oh, I, I yeah, he's gonna yeah. be like, fuck. I should have. Yeah. When I had the chance. That's the risk of that, dude. You right. know, like if you, I don't know. Like again, this is one of those. I hate to say a prove it year, like a prove it year for him, but like it, it kind of is. is because it they want to see where he's at. And yeah. we'll see, man. I I could I could see him going for forty. I could. I like again, he easily could. Yeah. How fucking lethal he is on the power play. His shot is second to none in the NHL. Yeah. Um it is it is kind of funny when you really think about it, because the GMs truly are not truly are, but truly have to treat and this sounds so strange, but just breaking it down to the simplest forms. The GMs have to kind of treat these guys as assets, right? And because they're essentially trying yeah. to run their business as efficiently and well oiled as they can. Yeah. So you're looking in the in the eyes of Breezeball, right? You're looking at Stamkos as an aging player who, yes, he's he's devoted so much. I mean, not even so much. He's devoted his entire career to Tampa Bay. Right. So morally yes he deserves every ounce of of you know 
money that he deserves out of Tampa Bay because he wants to stay there and he's and he's devoted himself to that team and he's brought that team to a, multiple championships and over a decade of success. I mean, right. we were playing Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals as Boston fans in 2011. It's 2023 and they're still going strong. Yeah. So, um but it's it's from a from a front office perspective, I understand where they're coming from. It seems a little cold-hearted and um, unfair to the player who's given their entire career to that one organization. And so I understand Sam Coase's frustration. But also in Breezebaugh's situation, it makes a little bit of sense. I just think it was wrong of him not to even give him a call and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. That I, That's where I think they messed yeah. up. I. I can agree because I think he absolutely has deserved the benefit of the doubt and to be involved in these kind of decisions. And it's just a bizarre, bizarre situation. Like I, again, I can understand why he's, you know, feeling disappointed and it, it is shitty dude. But like you mentioned, it is a, it is a business and um, that is the shitty side of the NHL. Um, yeah. I think these contract negotiations, the, because, because, us being fans, dude, like, I think about it. What do, what does Steven Stamkos have to prove? Like, what? He's already proven. Like, again, can you the, – the career that he's had, yeah, he's missed significant time. Like, I get that. The time that he has been in, dude, he's been a prolific scorer in this league consistently. Oh, yeah. When healthy. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy to think about, dude. I, was, I, I'm he, still, was he the number one overall pick? He was. I want to say in yes, 2007, was. was it seven? No, 2008. Oh, fuck. I was close. I love looking back at old NHL drafts. I'm trying to, th- like, who was the top five in 2008? Um, It was, oh, wow. Loaded? Oh, wow. No. <laughs> uh, it went Tampa Bay, number one, they picked Stamkos. Number two was LA. Who did they pick? Dustin Brown. Drew Doughty. Why did I say Dustin Brown, dude? <laughs> no, number three was Atlanta. Throwback. Evander Kane. Zach Bogosian at number two. Oh, my God, dude. Well, I'm off. Number four, St. Louis. Shen. Petrangelo. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, I'm going to shut the fuck up at this point. One more. Toronto, number five. Morgan Riley. Luke Shen. Um... Trying we're, to see here. We're going to cut out that entire part because I. <laughs> I went for, you, went one for, you went one for five. And you gave me the first one. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it, though, if you asked me. And that's not fair because I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> but um, some standouts in that draft, now that I'm just kind of looking at it. I mean, it was kind of a weak draft class, to be honest. Jared Stahl was taken at 49th. Um I mean, Meh. Jordan Eberle, 22 to Edmonton. Ooh, I um, like Eric Carlson to Ottawa, number 15. Joe Colborn, Joe, holy crap, I can't even say his Colborn? name. Joe, Joe Colborn <laughs> to Boston at 16. Denver legend. Um, Michael Delzato at 20. So there's some names, but I mean, John Carlson at 27 to Washington. That's a great pick from Washington. Um, but I mean, outside of that, kind of a, kind of a weak draft class yeah yeah the, not great i mean but like again it just goes to show the greatness of stamp coast like right <laughs> right yeah 
like among his peers, he's like head over heels. I mean, obviously with the exception of like Carlson, he's been really in Dowdy, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I'd, it'll be it'll be uh I'm interested to see how it plays out because that would be a huge move for the NHL. Like him, him, him switching teams, like and he's gonna help, doesn't matter what team he goes to. He would he was gonna be an asset immediately. I, I just can't, it's hard for me to picture him in any other Jersey. Yeah. Like it's, I, I'm trying to, you know, in my mind kind of Photoshop him into other teams, uniforms. Like I can kind of, <coughs> excuse me. I can kind of see him in a Bruins uniform. Uh, of course you could. I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, they need center help. Um, maybe yeah, it, LA actually, I could see him in LA, but it's a matter of what are you well, giving up at that point? Right, right. Well, say it's free agency. Say they don't even get anything for him. But, but do you? I don't think Breezeball. I don't think there's a. I don't think there is a scenario where Breezeball lets him walk for nothing. No, you're right. And that's I, th- why, I that's think that's what's so intriguing about this whole. Yeah, thing. and I think something like this would happen deadline time. Yeah, which again would be. But wild. if they're but if they're in a top three spot in the Atlantic, that's not, they're not move, you want to then get they're rid not of. they're not moving them if they're in a top three spot. It's a matter of how far back they fall with Vasilevsky out. Oh my god, this situation is not good if you're a Tampa fan, right? Like this again, is not good. Like again, they're still a loaded team, but like it just goes to show like how important Vasilevsky is is to that team. Like yeah. you have had a top three goaltender in the NHL for however many years. Like, he has been the backbone of that team. Like, yeah, yeah. Victor Hedman, Norris winner, unbelievable talent. Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point. But I'm not sure you win all those Stanley Cups without Vasilevsky. Yeah. Call it yeah, a hot you... take, whatever. I, dude. No, he... you don't. No, it's not, I, I think yeah. I'm on the same page as you. Yeah. Like, I don't think they, I mean, they probably have one of those, maybe two. Yeah. But they don't have all those without Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, but. no, they they don't. Um, or or all the success that they've had just in within the division and within the Eastern Conference, like no yeah. way, no way. Yeah, dude, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm so curious, but um, we've had a lot of preseason hockey, which has been amazing. Uh, awesome. I, every, dude, I've been every night watching. Tonight we got yeah. uh, Badar, dude. Yep. Um, yep, he's gonna be suiting up. Uh, Halsey, Felino's gonna be in the lineup. Um. I'm so curious to see, dude. It, again, the even just the preseason games have gotten me so fired up, dude. Like I've been watching them like I would a regular season game. Like a lot of like notable things. Like, dude, the fucking goal by Logan Cooley, so good. Are dude. you joking? Like that was that was in the uh, land down under too. Yeah, dude, he <laughs> fucking took that place by storm. I yeah, I was watching him, dude, and. He's not even a rookie that people are talking about for the Calder. I know. Has, dude, because I haven't really – you don't really think about him. Like, as a – he's going to be considered a rookie this year. Like, he absolutely yep. could say this team isn't as bad as they have been in past. I could see him making a run at the Calder easily. That goal that yeah. he scored, dude, you know, our boy, our boys over at Empty Netters mentioned – like, it was literally like a move in NHL. To, you know, yeah. like the video game, like the spinorama, backhand, forehand, like you full speed 
And it, I know it was a preseason game, and, you know, I, I was reading all those comments. I posted the goal, and obviously I'm getting all these comments on, on TikTok being like, well, it's a preseason game. They're not playing top play. It's like, it's still NHL. This is NHL hockey, dude. Like, yeah. the fact that he is that talented to be able to pull off a move like that. Like, dude. He was, and you got to consider he was exhausted from the flight halfway across the world, yeah, too, right? <laughs> but dude, that's so I sick. mean, you got to think about it too. Like this, this year's okay. I know you got the front runners for the Calder, right? Yeah. You have the two front runners. If you're looking at the betting odds, it's Bedard and Fantilli, mm-hmm. hands down. But then you go down the list of of some sleepers, like you just said, Logan Cooley, throw Zach Benson in there. Ah, uh, Devin Levi. I mean, I, I'm sure there's others I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head too. Um, but it's not going to be, you know, as, as cut and dry as some people think it is. I, I think, I think it's going to well, be down to the wire. I want to read off. This is actually really interesting. This is from sportsbettingdime.com. I don't know how um, it looks legit. Anyways, do you want me to go on my DraftKings? Yeah, well, I, just on the, I mean, you can, in as I'm going down the list, you can tell me if these are the same. Okay. Bedard at minus one forty. Is that what is that what DraftKings has? Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see. So, NHL futures, uh, Calder. Ba, 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 ba. Let's see. So. Like again, my a lot of value is in the the middle of these odds, dude. Like some of these names you look at, like, and again, I want to wait till if till you pull up just to make sure that this isn't like some fucking sketchy site. But yeah, okay. Um, oh, it's giving me the NFL. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna pull. Oh, awards. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um. Uh, let's see. Okay. All right. Oh, I got, I, I got it. I, I was able to pull it up too. Okay. So, going down the list, Connor Bedard at minus one forty. I, yep. again, yeah, we all know what Bedard is. Like we've seen, like, but if you look and I, I see you have it up. Yeah. There's a lot of value at the middle of that pack, dude. Oh yeah. You know, we got Luke Hughes at plus 750. That's Lo- crazy. Logan Cooley at plus 1100, dude. Adam Fantilli at plus 1100. Devin Levi at plus 1200. David Juracek, I hope I pronounce his name correctly, yeah. plus 2500. Brant Clark, plus 2500. Matthew Nyes, plus 2500. That's insane value for those guys. Dude, Shane Wright, plus 3000. Bro, and I'm I'm looking on this list. I'm trying to find our boy Benson, and I am not even seeing. They got Fabian Lysel yep. at plus seventy five hundred, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. They don't have Benson. no Benson, dude. They have Levi though. Leo Carlson at plus three thousand. I love that. Logan Stankoven's another name to to watch, dude. We had him mm-hmm. on earlier, uh, one of our first episodes, and. He cracks this lineup, dude, and he's playing with guys like, say, Sagan or Ben. Like, I could see him blowing up. The the value, dude, at at these, how – I just can't believe that it's very top-heavy. 
but even Luke Hughes at plus 750, that's that's very good odds. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see him uh, that high, though, to be honest with you. I thought Fantilli would be around plus 750. Yeah, 1,100 seems... I don't know. I might have to toss something on. I might have to throw 100 bucks <laughs> yeah, on like I'm looking at all these, you know, and then you, you know, you get to the end of it. Sebastian Cosa. We'll see if he makes the Red Wings. Um, oh, this is so. This is so bad. I'm, as soon as hockey starts, I'm gonna lose so much money. Yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> I might be coming to live with you if, uh, <laughs> if, I, if the mortgage isn't. Uh, yeah. But you know, I'm looking at, <laughs> dude. I'm looking at these. Yeah, I. This is not good. Hockey season is right around the wait. corner, dude. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start going like canning again after all the beers I crushed during uh dude. <laughs> dude, this is this is a little uh little side note, but during the playoffs, the NHL playoffs last season, I had to stop betting because I literally placed over 20 bets for the playoffs. I won one bet and it was in dude, round one. It was in round just dude, that's when you just chalk it up hit the showers <laughs> like, i, del- I yeah. deleted i deleted the app i deleted the app i was like i can't touch this anymore <laughs> it's cold streaks man like, it was so bad oh, that's yeah it's gonna be bad like especially seeing those numbers like now i won't do it while we're recording now but now i want to go look at like the other awards and just toss as much fucking money as i can on them yeah um yeah dude i'm so fired up you know with the preseason like mentioned the coolie goal i also want to bring up you know, our Bruins, dude, um, yep. that save by oh. Brandon Bussey, dude. Oh. oh my, he, he looks like an NHL goalie, dude. He, I, and, he, and is, this a, is, he is an NHL goalie. And listen, I, I love Linus Allmark. I, I do, but I think we are a lot closer than people think to a Swayman Bussey tandem. I think we're a yeah. lot closer than people think. I'm, oh, I'm with you. Again, and again, we're going to get those people that comment on our stuff being like, well, preseason, small sample size. But look again, what he dude, did, look what he did last year, though. Like, the, it's a season it, that he had. He, I think he is an NHL goalie, dude. He looked I, calm. Yeah. He looked calm. He looked, again, we were watching Kyle Kaiser the other night. And, and again, you can just tell, like, he's, he's not an NHL goalie. That's okay. Right. But he is going to be a career AHL player. And, and there's You're nothing right. wrong with that. With you the eye tell. test, you can yes. tell. You can yeah. tell. Exactly, dude. And again, but he just looked poised. The poise was unbelievable. Po- in there. He, has, he has great Like, poise. he just, yeah, he just looked comfortable back there. Like, and again, these saves that he was making, that save that he made, dude, that is already, like, going to be up there for save of the year. Oh, yeah. For, there was a, like there was another one, too, that went under the radar a little bit. Because it was it was obviously the, the save with the glove kind of took over. Yeah. But, there was another one where I, I forget who the player was for the Rangers, but he was cutting around the net, right? Basically going for a wraparound. Bussy puts the paddle down and the puck kind of slides underneath the paddle. And so it went right to the front, a quick little one, not necessarily a one-timer, but a quick shot from the slot. Yeah. And Bussy kind of like had to slide down on his side, almost like a shout out two pad stack, almost like a, two pad stack kind of off to the side and, and he just like kicked it away and yeah. it's like dude like like yeah people players who aren't ready for the nhl would not do that you know what i mean yeah and i you know my question is 
we're we're obviously we're going into the season with sway you know sway and allmark right there's i don't think there's anyone doubting that i think it's going to be another good year in providence for bussy but if you're if he puts up another unbelievable season in providence do you see a scenario where they roll with allmark swayman again next year and then like what do you do at that point no i think if bussy puts up it's either it's either bussy's moving or allmark's moving uh, can, if I'm being honest, as a Boston fan, well, how many years left is on Bussy's contract? Do you know that off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I don't. I can look it up. Um, okay. All right. Either way, I think at the end of this season, if Bussy has a great year in Providence, you explore trades for Allmark. I don't think you trade Swayman. I think that's the wrong move. Um, I think you look uh, look to move Allmark for something that you've discovered that your team needs, whether it's on defense, whether it's in the forward group, whether it's a center or not. Um, But you're right. We are a lot closer to a combo of Sway and Bussy than most people want to think. And I already already saw people, this is how I know hockey has started because people on Twitter are just throwing out the most outlandish takes I've ever heard in my life. But, um, I've already seen people saying trade Allmark now and roll Sway- Swayman and Bussy. Like that's not yeah. the move. That's not the move. Yeah, and also, you, and also, you don't. What these people don't understand is cool. If you wanted to make that move, if that's your, if that's how you feel about it, why are you trading now? Why wouldn't you have traded immediately after the season when he literally won the Vesna? Like again, the stock is not where it was the end of last year, right? When he won right. the Vesna, the regular season, whatever. They weren't going to trade him at that point. It doesn't make sense. Why Why would people think that? Like, why would why would people want to trade Allmark before the season has even started? Because some people like again, I, like to, no, I like know, to use their brains. I know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's Bruins Twitter, right. which we know, we know what that is. I, well, I will give credit. I think 90% of Bruins Twitter knows – you know, they think logically, yeah. but there's just the, there's like the minority of, of those people. And I'm not shitting on you guys, but I'm just saying like, you use your head a little bit. Use your yeah, head a little bit. Like, again, I, I can, I can respect the opinions. Like we talked about this last episode. Like I can, I'll never shit on you for, for a take no. or whatever. Like I'll disagree with you and I'll say you're probably wrong, but <laughs> I'm not going to shit, you know. And and I just don't see a scenario where the, the Bruins move Allmark right now. Like again, yeah, come. This is a very similar situation to what we just talked about with the Stamkos thing. Now, if they get to the to the trade deadline and they're not in a position where they're going to be making the playoffs, or then yeah, absolutely yes. make the move. There's going to be teams that need goaltending. That again, his stock is going to be high. Hopefully, I mean he is a Vesna Trophy winner. Then yeah, move them at that point and roll with Bussy yep. and Swayman. Give Bussy NHL reps at that point. That's one thing. Just shipping them off right now for the hell of it before the season has even started. No. Like no. I, no. If if say you got a notification on your phone, say in the next day or two, Boston Bruins trade Lena Salmark to Winnipeg for Mark Shifley. Just throwing it out there, whatever. Mm-hmm. You would look at your phone and you would be shocked. 
and I think 90% of people would look at their phone and be shocked. And I just think that goes to show that moving him right now, because Bussy had one amazing preseason game added to his really good AHL season last year, is a crazy move. It's yeah, something I, that you you just don't do that right now. No and I think way. Bussy, I think Bussy understands that, dude. Like oh, again, yeah. like I think he does know that he's ultimately going to be in Providence again this year. A full mm-hmm. season under again under his belt, another yep. great season. I think we have to really consider. Like I, I said it earlier, I think we are a lot closer to a Bussy Swayman tandem than people think. Yes, um, and if he if he has another great year, then yeah, we need to seriously consider. Um, moving, moving, probably all mark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know that's obviously down the road. We're we're just so fired up that hockey's back. I mean, a lot of lot of Bruins players impressed, dude. Matthew Patois, like, um, I, I was really really impressed with him. And and now my take of him making the team is looking even better. Yeah. Um, and again, I I won't name. I had arguments on arguments with multiple people about him needing to go to Providence and we need to put, you know, say Patrick Brown, You're, you know, and again, I'm not going to name names, but Patois is showing that he belongs on this team consistently in this lineup. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be telling, right? Because, um, because of the NHL CHL transfer agreement, it's any player I believe younger than 20 can't stick or, or I'm sorry, they can't be sent to the AHL. Um, it's either NHL or juniors. It's, I, it, it, it's under 20. And I think without four years of experience in juniors, I think that's the agreement. So Pawtrop, you know, obviously falls under that umbrella. So, and I believe he can get nine games in the NHL too. Yeah, it's, still it's get four, sent. is it nine or ten? I think it's nine. Okay. I think it's nine. But I mean, game one of the preseason, like me and me and Mel were talking about it on yesterday's episode of Something's Brewing. Um it's easy to overreact to to games, right? In the preseason, because everybody is For so sure. hockey starved. You're watching these young guys come in that you're excited to see, and watching them succeed just kind of fills that that um, excitement level up to the brim and you, and sometimes you can react to that and you're not really thinking a hundred percent. I, if he can continue to play solid the way that he did in game one of the preseason through however many preseason games he plays for the rest of, you know, up until October 11th. Um, he, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if he can maintain that level of play, then fuck it. Roll with Patra. Yeah, roll. Do it. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I, are you? Have you seen if the um the lines have come out for tomorrow's game? Because I'd be curious. I'd be curious what they're going to be doing with him tomorrow. I'd be curious if they put, if they have him centering with like say a, a Martian or a Pasta. I, I, I'd be curious to see because at that point you have to think that they're giving him a legitimate look. Oh, they yeah. are like like they are seriously considering having him on the NHL roster at that point. I think I'm looking at the uh, lineup for tomorrow. I want to see him at with at least one of them, yes. right? Either Pasta or Marshawn. 
But I also, I kind of want to see him with Zaka. What if you put Zaka on the left and you have Patra at center? But I think your center depth is so thin right now it, that I don't think is, you can afford is. to take Zaka off center. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. adding adding Patois to a to center depth of Charlie Coyle and Zaka, I think puts you in a better position if he if he maintains this level of play. Hmm. Um but I don't hate that take, to be honest, but I just can't see a scenario where they're gonna remove Zaka playing center. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm I'm just kind of I'm looking at the group right now. Maybe I mean Richard had a good first game in the preseason. He did. So you could even he was throw a fast set. dude. He's he's fast. Is he on the right side? Is he right wing? I'm pretty sure he was. I think so. I'm trying to okay. remember. I, yeah, I believe so. So go with Patra, Marshawn, Richard. Yeah, Rich, Richard's a water bug out there. He can skate. He can shoot. I mean, and then Marshawn obviously is Marshawn. You don't yeah. have to say any more about that, but right. Uh, but to your point, I do want to see him with some some NHL talent. Yeah, I and another guy I want to watch too is uh, John Farinacci. Mm-hmm. Um, saw him at the prospect challenge. He was just very responsible in his own zone. Um, again, he he even has said that he takes a lot of pride in his two way game. Um, you know, being responsible in the defensive zone. He's another guy I want to watch and see because I, I thought he's played what well. has he played yet? He um, looked he looked good at the prospect challenge. And again, he I was definitely watching his defensive zone play. And yeah, I'm having like a brain fart right now. I remember I don't, it, I don't think he has played yet. I'm not sure, but he's a he's a name I want to watch. As well as Johnny Beecher, yeah, yeah, John. Oh, I think that's John, obvious. Talk about it. Talk about a guy who is, is playing into a playing into that fourth line center role. Yep, yep. And you've, I mean, ever since he's come to the system, people have talked about his speed, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a very quick skater. It's just kind of rounding out his game is what he had to do. Right. Put him on the fourth line with with someone like Lucic and and Lauko. Beecher, Lucic, Lauko. That line, I are you love, kidding me? I are love that me? dude. I yeah, love it. are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me are right you... now, <laughs> dude? I yeah, I would, I would love that. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> like the desk elevated <laughs> again. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, no. I, I, I'm curious. I think the closer that we get, obviously they had we had the first round of cuts today. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't think anyone thought guy like Patois, Beecher were going to be on that list. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see, man. Like I, I'm super excited to watch this team, and and I hope they get creative with it. Um, because like I said, and like you said, I really want to see Patois with a Martian or a Pasta, and see how creative they can get. Like, yeah, again, I that would be, that will be really telling for me if they if they are putting a guy like Patois with Marshan or Pasta, they are legitimately considering having this guy on the team in the lineup. Why not both Marshawn, Patra, Pasta? Oh, Come on. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, dude, I know. What What do you do on that second line then? DeBrusque, Zaka, and JVR? Um, I don't think JVR is in the lineup tomorrow. So t- if that's your first line, right? Oh, I'm, I'm just saying in general. Like, in oh, general. just yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, but I kind of want to do it for tomorrow, right? So say that's your first line, right? Patra, Marshawn, Pasa. Yeah. You could probably go uh, Zaka, Lauko, Merkulov. Yeah. Second line. Not Wouldn't bad. mind that. And then say Harrison, Chason, Heinen, and Farinacci's, uh, uh sorry, Farinacci, Richard, and Harrison. I like except it. I except I feel like Harrison should probably not be on that fourth line. Maybe swap Richard. Yes. 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 Maybe potentially. I mean I like that. Listen, Jim. Jimmy, Jimmy Montgomery. Jim, I, I, know, I know you're. Easy. I know you're an avid listener of the pod. Yeah. Um, so. I just made your job easy for tomorrow. Yeah. Just roll those lines. <laughs> Can you imagine, dude? Clip it. Then he would. <laughs> if, it's, if it's that tomorrow, it's confirmed. He listens. Yeah, he's. Well, we know he's an avid listener. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, where else is he going to get his hockey knowledge? Yeah, right. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. No. I. I. And another thing that we haven't even mentioned yet. Um, Low Rye most likely is going to be playing with McAvoy. So I, yeah. I'm really excited about that. I think he, he's he been decent. I think there's been a few, hicc- uh, sorry, a few hiccups. Um, but overall, I think he's looked fine. Um, yeah, he's been playing pretty I don't, well. I don't I think mean... he's made any mistakes that, that deserve him getting sent down, like immediately, or cut, rather. I think he does get sent down. I don't think he starts the season in Boston. I... Unless he back. unless he pops off. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. Like even a guy like Mitchell looked really good, dude. He Mitchell looked real good, dude. He looked very good. Um I, and I'm excited about I, we knew going in this team had defensive depth. Yep. I mean that that was never a question. Um, but I think actually seeing these guys play now, like the Mitchells, I don't think anyone really knew a whole lot about him. He was buried out in uh Chicago. So yep. Obviously, I don't think we knew a whole lot about him, but actually seeing him in game, he he looked very good. Well, the thing about him too is that he, as we saw last game um, against Buffalo, he likes to jump up in the offensive play. Like yeah. he does that a lot, and you saw that with the team last season. Um, Jim Montgomery encourages his defensemen to do that, so right. maybe this system under Montgomery just works well for his game and yeah. uh, maybe it kind of unlock a new level of, you know, potential for him because he did look good against Buffalo. Yeah. He looked, he had a couple of shifts where I was like, damn, like, yeah, I, I, I definitely see him being the seventh defenseman, whether he plays himself into a starting top six role. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, but definitely seventh defenseman, Um, I think, but yeah, yeah dude, oh, I'm so fired up. Like, Obviously, it's going to be these next couple games are going to be really telling what what direction you know the team goes with these prospects. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I am too. Yeah, so kind of pivoting a little bit, we got some huge news yesterday from the college hockey world. Oh and, yes, and you know, you and I are huge college hockey fans. Um, yep. It, it was kind of funny. As soon as I, I texted you, Boosie, and uh, and Mel, you know, obviously, Boosie, who the fuck's that? Yeah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and uh, immediately, just we said, you know, obviously, Mel said Quinnipiac. But yeah. I, I, <laughs> but if he wants to win, he'll go to Quinnipiac. Yeah, go Bobcats. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> obviously, he ends up at he, – he decommits from the University of Minnesota, which I always – 
I, I didn't necessarily understand why he committed there in the first place. I know he played for Shattuck, yeah. um, St. Mary's, and again, it's his prerogative. But D commits from the University of Minnesota and now is going to be attending Boston University to play for the Terriers, dude. Yeah, yeah. This dude, this Terriers team, we thought BC was good. Yeah, no, it, it's BU now. It's BU. Like, like it's BU. nothing against the the BC team and those, you know, those three that still a good know, team, phenomenal team with you know, Cutter Gautier, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot, like just to name a few. But now we're talking two of the num the number one overall pick probably and the number two overall pick. Talk about playing. yeah. Talk about a solid year for college hockey. It oh, just got God. even better. And I know, I know. Eisenman, like you said, Minnesota, like, yeah, like he's still in the system, but now you're talking about the top two projected picks playing on the same team uh, for obviously the Boston university men's hockey, like put college hockey back on the map, dude, this is going to be an insane season. And I already told, I already told a couple of my friends, I told my girlfriend, I'm like, we're going to like cancel your plans. Cause we're going to be you. Like we're going to go watch these games for sure. And I was going down the the roster too. Like they already have guys like Lane Hudson. Right. They have Ty Gallagher, Gavin McCarthy. You know, like again, Mac, it, Macklin Celebrini. Macklin. Dude. Well, yeah, that you know, Macklin Celebrini. The other Hudson brother, the yep. third Hudson brother is going to be going there. Like again, this team. Give it up to Jay Pandolfo, man. Like I know he he really is. Uh, he's really built a wagon there. Um, and it's going to be so fun to watch. I, I couldn't believe when I saw that dude, it, it literally just out of nowhere. Um, Evan Marinovsky. I, I, I didn't even believe it. I was driving and I like pulled over. I was like, what the, f- are you serious? I mean, Luke, Luke Tuck is on that team too. Uh, brother of Alex Tuck. Yeah. He's Shout good. Sabres. Yeah. Sabres. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's a good player. Like I, I know I forgot other names. But yeah, this this team is is loaded. Um, but yeah, that that was huge news yesterday, and obviously, congrats to uh, to Cole, and obviously, that's that's a huge honor, you know, be playing for such a, um, you know, a team with with so much tradition. It's gonna be it's gonna be so fun to watch. Yeah. Yep. Can't but, agree with you more. Yeah, I think you know, I think that kind of wraps it up for uh, you know, for episode fourteen. We you know we got into preseason stuff obviously we love the college hockey talk um and we're really excited about this week's guest um forward for the uh tri-city storm he's a uh the 11th ranked prospect um according to bob mckenzie at tsn um trevor Connolly. it was, it was a fun interview um he, he obviously we we talk to younger players and sometimes they're they're shy and just kind of still coming into their own and whatever he he was a very just just very well spoken and and he was a lot of fun to talk to um so yeah is there anything else you want to uh you want to say mikey i think that basically covers it um but i mean we got we got real regular season hockey coming in the next like week and a half two weeks so season's knocking on our doors we're right there we're ready we're ready to go and i can't wait to you know Obviously, we started this podcast too um, in the off season. So once hockey 
you know, starts to rev up a little bit and we start seeing standings. We're standings watching. We're, we're, we're point race watching. We're awards race watching. Um, the show's only going to get better. So I'm pumped up. Yeah, I'm, I'm really a ton of fun. I'm really fired up, man. And like you said, yeah, this started during the off season, so we we were really scrambling for content. But I think we did a did a really good job overall. Um, yeah. You know, getting through getting through the off season. You know, we made a few changes. You know, logistics stuff. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm fired up for the season. Um, so that wraps up Drop the Mitts episode 14, uh, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. Um, and without further ado, Tri-City Storms, Trevor Connolly. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Welcome back to episode 14 of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. We have an unreal guest today, um, Tri-City Storm forward uh, and projected first-round pick this year, uh, Trevor Connolly. Trevor, how you doing, buddy? How's your offseason been going? Been good. It's it's obviously lovely to go back home in the summer, see sunny California and stuff. So it was a great off season, a lot of training on ice and off the ice, and just enjoying time with my family and friends. Yeah. What what kind of thing? What kind of things do you enjoy um, doing besides you know obviously training and being on the ice? Are there any other things you enjoy doing? Yeah, I love going to the beach. I, I'm at the beach a ton in the summer, like almost every day. I try and go as much as I can. It's just super relaxing and the beaches in california are beautiful uh, i have a really close relationship with my little brother so i'm always out doing stuff with him and different taking him on different adventures and stuff so just spending time with my family and friends and just trying to enjoy the sunny california while i can you a surfer at all uh, a little bit i'm not great but i'll go with my buddies so definitely not as good as my friends back home but i i can go and have fun but i'm not the best for sure there you go, man. Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, it's been a long off season. You're back in Nebraska. What's it like being in Nebraska, man? Obviously being a California and, you know, spend some time in Cali and Massachusetts. Like, what's it like being in Nebraska? Obviously, you know, we talked before this and uh, you, you mentioned just cornfields. Like, what what is it like being out there? Yeah, it's definitely different than California, but the people, the biggest thing for me is the people are all super nice here. Like everyone is like the town run. It's not a big town, probably five to 6,000 people, but everyone's just super nice. They support us. They all know who we are. So it's definitely been a change of scenery, but I think the people here are great people. So I love that about Nebraska for sure. Yeah. So you're with a sponsor family. What What is that experience like? I mean, I, you know, I've talked to different dudes and um they've had different experiences with their sponsor families what's yours been like what's your experience uh been like with your with your host family yeah my host family is awesome so they have three kids they have two little boys and a little daughter and uh they have three dogs but they're a great family they have a great setup for i live with cooper simpson who's an 07 he tendered here as well he played in the five nations tournament this summer so we live together in the bait we're in the basement and the three kids are upstairs but it, i couldn't say anything like bad about the family they make great food they're great people they've been awesome to us so it definitely makes living away from home a lot easier having the family yeah the home cooked meals and the good food always helps you know um I wanted to ask you, so growing up in California, um, what made you get into hockey? Was there a person, a specific, you know, a family member that got you into it? Um, you know, yeah, what what made you get into hockey? And, and growing up, who was your favorite team and some of your favorite players? Yeah, so my I, all my credit for my hockey I give to my dad. He grew up in Massachusetts, so that's all always, like, most more hockey than California. So 
right as I could start walking, he started getting me into hockey, put a stick in my hands, put me in skates. So, and he actually coached me until I was about 12 years old. So he really developed me as a player a lot. He helped me in a lot of the areas of my game. I, I definitely wouldn't be the same player I am now without him. And I also had his, he coached with a guy named Eugene Cabin. Still coaches my little brother and he's, he and my dad really made me the player who I am. I still skate with him in the summers. He's a, he's from Ukraine. So he's very hard on me and was hard on me growing up, but he really pushed me and made me the best. And obviously it worked out. Yeah. You know, you're going to be better for it in the long run. And obviously it sucks in the moment, but you know, and like, like I mentioned in the long run, it's really going to be, uh, it's really going to be beneficial to you, but there any uh who are who are your favorite players growing up and uh favorite teams? Yeah, so Boston because of my dad. I was always growing up. We were always back east in Boston, down in the Cape, and he has, he's one of seven, so a lot of his siblings still live back in Boston. So basically, my whole life growing up, everything was just Boston, Boston, Boston. So I've been a Bruins fan my whole life. I'm a huge fan of Pasternak. I really like Jack Hughes and Kent Johnson. Um, I'm also a big fan of Mike Madonna. I think he's one of my favorite players of all time. He's more legend, of a, dude. He grew, I really like his game and how he played the style of hockey. I always love seeing, like, obviously you're a younger kid, you know, 17, and I just to see, you know, to hear a name like Mike Madonna. Obviously, that was even before my t- like a kid that I or a guy I grew up watching too, and um, I, it's really cool to hear that. I, I love Mike Madonna myself, dude. He just again. For him to thrive in Dallas, he was an unbelievable player, especially as an American. Yeah. Um, he can skate. He was skilled. He was fast. He was smart. He- those starts, those stars teams, dude, were unreal. Like I, I still like to go back and watch highlights of Mike Madonna yeah. and like Sergey Zubov. Like all those guys, they're just fucking unreal. I watch a ton of Mike Madonna highlights. I I really like him. He's he's an insane player. So kind of getting into, you know, t- keeping the, you know, keeping up with like current players or, or you know, former players. Are there any players um, that you try to like emulate your game after? Yeah. Um, two guys that I kind of see like shades of myself in when I watch are Jack Hughes and Ken Johnson. I'd say more Ken Johnson than Jack Hughes, but I really like the way that Johnson plays. He kind of, he makes his teammates better. He, he can skate. He's very smart and he, is a really good shot so i think i kind of see shades of myself when i watch him play and i like to watch a lot of his highlights and stuff and just learn different things from him yeah dude i was so i was watching your highlights obviously like on elite prospects and everything and that's actually an unreal comparison um i didn't even think of kent johnson but yeah that that's an unreal comparison um uh, and honestly so last year you had an unreal uh, a fair a good season um 24 genos, 23 assists in 47 games. Um, what areas of, of your game this offseason have you been, like, mostly working on to improve? Um, and, and what are your expectations for this upcoming season? Yeah, so this offseason for me was I was really dialed in on my shot and shot volume. So for me, I was just working on a bunch of different shots, how I can score more from different angles, harder angles, what's the hardest for the goalie to stop. This summer, I really watched a lot of video and did a lot on the ice of just finding way, different ways to score and different angles, different ways to shoot. So I think that was my main thing for me this offseason is just really dialing in on getting like 10 shots a game and just the shots opportunities. And um, yeah, so that was the main thing. Another thing for me was my defensive game, which last year 
coming in as a younger forward, it was harder playing real defense from triple A hockey. So I think I really developed those two things a lot and those what helped me play good in the second half of the season. So what would you describe your, like your play style as um, for someone that, you know, who doesn't really know a whole lot about you? Like, what would you say that, you know, your biggest strengths are um, and like your overall main play style? I think I'm a fast paced player. I play the game at a really high speed and I think I like to make my teammates better all over the ice. I always look for little plays to set them up or set a rush up or different opportunities. And I think when I get my chance to put the puck in the net, I put it in the net, but I think my main things for me are my skating and my hockey IQ and just I like how I, I have a different way of seeing the ice and different way of making plays. So I think those are my two main abilities. Yeah. Um, so you get to play in the Holinka Gretzky Cup and you fucking tore it up. Um, you know, you were tied with uh, Berkeley Catton, who's another phenomenal player from Canada. You guys all, you know, you guys both had 10 points. What was your biggest takeaway from that tournament? Um, and just what was it like being able to play with like some some unreal talent, um, you know, for the U.S.? So you guys won bronze, which is, you know, good. It's great. Um, what was your overall takeaway from that tournament? Yeah, it's funny you say Berkeley. We're actually drafted to the same Western League team, so we've kind of known each other. Oh, Sp- Spokane? Yeah, we've known each other kind of a little bit growing up and stuff, so it was super cool to play against him, and obviously he's an unreal talent of player, so it was, it was really cool to play against him in that Canada game, and I think the biggest thing for me that tournament was I just tried to stay dialed in on what I was good at and how I could help the team the most get success. So I just worked my ass off. I competed all over the ice. I think what helped me produce so much was working hard defensively, working hard away from the puck, and just doing all the hard things to get rewarded when I got my chance. And, yeah, we definitely had some very, very high-end players. I really enjoyed playing with Will Zellers and uh, Max Swanson. They're very two very high offensive, smart hockey players, so... I think I had a really good connection with those two, and it was super fun to be on the ice with both of them for the first time. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I remember watching that tournament. I I could not believe the speed of you guys on that on that ice, dude. It, it, and I, and the one thing I do remember is um, I was taking a video like uh, for Snapchat or whatever, and you know, one of my buddies was giving me shit, telling me to upgrade from the iPhone Seven because of all the fog on the ice. And I'm like, dude, no, that's the fog on the ice. Did you did you have to play through that at all? Yeah, so our exhibition game, we played uh, Slovakia in the rink where Canada and that division played. So the exhibition game and then the bronze medal game were in that rink, and the, the fog was insane there. It was like I was wearing a bubble, too, so it was like every shift I got off the ice, took my helmet off. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't see. Like, I skate for, like, 10, 15 seconds, and my whole bubble is fogged. So, yeah, I think it's some. They don't have some part or machine over there that we use here, so it's harder for them to get that out when like the weather's hot in the summer. I think some someone was saying. Yeah, well, dude, I was trying to like I was watching on my TV, and then I flipped to my my laptop because my dumbass thought it was my TV like fogging out, and I'm like, it literally took me like 15 minutes to recognize that it was like, all right. This is probably on the ice, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was crazy. I couldn't even imagine trying to play through that. Like, especially you mentioned wearing a bubble. Like, you that must have been so fucking annoying. Like in warmups, like you'd look down and you could like barely see the other team like skating around shooting pucks. It was. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, we talked about it earlier. You're you're committed to Providence College. Um. You talked about you could probably go this season, but just opted not to. What went into the decision um for choosing Providence? Um. 
were there any other schools you you toured and um obviously we know a couple beauties here from Providence uh Riley Duran and Patrick Moynihan uh did you get to talk to them at all um and yeah again were there any other schools like that that you kind of were considering yeah so Providence I just felt like their coaching staff would be the best for me and really push me to be the best player and get all the best things out of me so I was talking to them ever since they could start talking to me and I just felt a really strong connection with their coaching staff and when I took my visit out there I like stepped on campus and I was like this is where I want to be like the guys are awesome the facilities are great like the school is great seems like great people and obviously it's close to all my relatives in Massachusetts and stuff so I just felt like that spot would be the best for me and Lehman would really push me to be the best player that I can get to. Yeah, it's a beautiful campus, dude. I, you know, I've been there a few times. I've been to that rink a couple of times. It's a beautiful rink. Yeah, um, great campus. Their gym's awesome. Locker room's awesome. They have really good facilities there. So I'm, I'm super pumped to get there. Have you got to talk, uh, have you talked to any of the players from there? Like, uh, you know, we mentioned Riley Durant, Patrick Moynihan, um, I know they got Parker Ford. Um, did you get yeah. to talk to any of those guys? Yeah, so I met all of them on my visit. I talked to Duran and Moynihan. They were all super nice kids, introduced themselves to me, talked to me a little bit about the school and stuff, so that was cool. And then I spent most of my time with Brett Burrard. He's in the AHL now. Yep. And his brother, Brady, they, they were really good to me. They showed me a lot and just told me a lot about the school. And then I actually have two kids from my Tri-City team last year who were freshmen there now, Tanner Adams and Graham Gamash. I actually played on a line with both of them for a bit. So that's nice, dude. On my team now, we have two commits coming into Providence. Alex Bales, who was on my Helenka team, actually. He's a D-man. And then uh, Samuel Maritati, who's a kid from Finland, too. Both great kids. So we have a super good group of guys going there and stuff. I'm pumped. Yeah, I feel, you know, I, it's definitely got to be helpful to have family around and obviously just knowing exactly what you're going into. Like you you mentioned just a bunch of great dudes. Um, I, I feel like that's just something that makes, you know, makes life that much easier when making a decision like this. Um, are, are there any guys, that, you know, whether it's in college or in juniors that um, have, have been, kind of been mentors to you um, that have been kind of helping you along the way um, for your, you know, with your journey? For sure, yeah. So I had a Swedish roommate. He's actually at UMass now. His name's Sebastian Tornquist, and he was kind of like a big brother to me last year. Like he helped me like get on like all my routines, just like figuring out how like more of like a pro life is. And so I really give credit to him because he was always there for me. He was like my best friend last year. He helped me, told me what to do, what not to do. So. I gave him a lot of credit for developing me last year and really helping me like be my best self. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, so I wanted to talk to you. Obviously, you're going to be um, you're a prospect in this upcoming draft. Uh, TSN's Bob McKenzie has you ranked as the 11th best prospect in this class. Um, are there any cities that you that you're like really itching to go to? Um, situations, cities, players you want to play with. Um, yeah, like, are there are there any situations that you're like you'd love to be in? Obviously, you know it's a, it's a dream come true to get drafted. Um, I honestly, I'd go anywhere if I could get drafted in the NHL. I'm super honored that I have the opportunity. Um, but I think the main Boston would be probably my one spot that I would want to go to, and then honestly, my second I think would be somewhere in like Tampa or Florida. 
I just I really like uh, who Tampa has, like their forwards, like Kucherov, Point. Like they just have a ton of talent, and I think yeah. Florida. I think it's a cool spot and stuff. So I think one of those teams would be super cool. And then obviously Anaheim because I played for the Junior Ducks and stuff. So that'd be super cool. If I got It'd be to- cool to play with a guy like uh, Trevor Zegras yeah. and maybe Leo Carlson. Who knows? He's one of my favorite. Zegras is one of my favorite players, actually. Two years ago, my coach set me up to have a FaceTime with him. So I got to talk to him for a little bit and stuff. So I, I look up to him a lot, too. I watch Man, a lot. the shit that he does on the ice is just unbelievable. It's just, you know, the, the balls that it takes to, pull, to to try to pull off the stuff that he does. He's so fun to watch. And, so you know, watch. it's kind of funny seeing a lot of these old timers get all pissed off about, you know, these kids trying this stuff. And honestly, I think it's so good for the game, you know, to, to show the creativity of you guys that, you know, it's just a different game. It's it's evolving. Everything evolves. And yeah, it definitely helped me expand my game because I've definitely sat in my driveway for hours trying a lot of the moves that he's tried to do and stuff. So I love watching videos and highlights of him. I think he's definitely a special talent because he does a lot of things that people don't like and he just kind of accepts it and plays his style of hockey. So I really like how he plays the style of the yeah. game. So, I, I, you know, we're... I kind of want to go back to this. I don't didn't have this question written down, but obviously this year has a ton of like phenomenal rookies. Um, obviously from the development camp or not development camps, the prospect challenges. We saw what Bedard did. Um, Fantilli had a hat trick. Are there any players in this year's draft that you think you play like or would like to emulate your game after? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know the younger players well enough. Like I. Obviously, I know like Fantilli and Bedard, and I think I kind of play different styles of them. But I can't really think of a guy in this draft that like I play a lot of like. I'd say I think maybe I see shades in like Ryan Leonard, like how hard he works and like he's a goal scorer and like. You get to play against him next year, dude. For sure. So I think he's one player that maybe I've seen shades of. Yes. I I've I don't think I've watched enough of the guys like detailedly to like make a say on that yeah that makes sense dude um so obviously i i wanted to bring up also one thing that we're kind of huge on here at drop the mitts is um we love talking to the players and obviously getting to know you guys um but i think one thing that that definitely falls through the cracks with uh you know pro hockeyers nhl guys is their community involvement um and i wanted to talk to you about your involvement with uh hockey players of color um what kind of work have you been doing with them? And obviously you're doing great work with them. You put in a ton of hours. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your, you know, your involvement with them. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to go down to Florida and actually coach two of their teams in an event. So that was just a super cool experience for me. Just knowing, learning, like teaching those kids what I know about hockey and my dad being there with me, being on the bench, being able to coach with them for the first time. So it was super cool, and the head person who runs it, her name is Jasmine Miley. She's been awesome to me. I set up a, I do video with one of the players on the team, like once every month or so. So I just take video clips from his games that he sent me and send him some stuff. Hop on a Zoom with him and do different stuff with him, and I just gave him some like shooting drills that he can work on in his garage and stuff. So they've been super good to me, and that gave me the opportunity to work for them, and so I was super thankful, and it was definitely cool to see that, like, those kids, like, all playing hockey from, like, all different places and, like, stuff, so it's awesome. I love, I want to get the game everywhere, so. 
Yeah, dude, it's a heartwarming thing, you know, especially with the younger kids, you know, you giving them the knowledge, like what you know, and just seeing the smiles on their faces, you know, when they're lacing them up, it's, there's nothing like it. It's, you know, you're doing God's work. And um, obviously we love hearing about all the community involvement and keep it up, man. The summer too, with my mom, like me and my mom, we do a lot of like beach cleanups and stuff. We'll go in the mornings and stuff. And then me and my sister actually do this one other thing. It's like, where foster families drop off their foster kids at like a church and like you just spend like six hours on a Saturday like once a month with them like hanging out with them playing different sports with them and stuff so that's super cool too just being able to like give back to those kids and stuff just spend time with them and stuff so that's always super fun in the summer just some activities that I do with my family yeah do you know we love seeing kids as talented as you are not only on the ice but just genuine human beings that you know just want to help out wherever they can and you know they have such a heavy presence in the community we love to see it and obviously like whoever gets to draft you this year is getting a hell of a kid um unreal talent on the ice but you know an even better person off the ice so um honestly i I wish you the best of luck this season man and uh hopefully we can have you on uh closer to draft time and for sure yeah man thank you again we appreciate you buddy yeah Thank you for having me on. It was super fun, and I love meeting you and having a chat with you. Of course, buddy. Take care. Take care.